Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. This week, we're talking about where our priorities lie between life and games, and between different games that we may want to play. Chris and I have two small kids each, Fletcher's planning a wedding, and we've all been locked in our houses for a year. Okay, that last one sounds like it should make finding time to prioritize gaming easier, but does it really? Or does the lack of interacting with people outside our own homes actually make it harder to get games to the table? But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, and the Gift of Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. And a huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. All right. So this episode is going to be sound quality extraordinaire. I am in a new office, which is (laughs) echoey as all can be, but my basement's done. But there's nothing on the walls yet. So if you're hearing an echo from me, that's why. Um, Kitty, why are we hearing an echo from you? Um, Because Airbnb lied. And I'm visiting family in a safe way. So we were just staying in Airbnb, just us. Uh, but there's one less bedroom than they said. So there are kids sleeping in the bedrooms. And so I am in a bathroom. Well, there you go. And Fletcher is in a towels, normal space. But I think. I'm sure it's still echoey. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I'm in my normal space. All right. So your sound quality is bad as usual. That That's good. it's always so quiet uh let's see um yeah so this weekend i i basically was just cleaning up basement stuff all weekend long and doing nothing fun but now i have a new gaming space two new gaming spaces because i was able to move the crib from our original gaming room into its into our old office and then moved the gaming table in that gaming room into a position where I can actually use it. And then in the basement, we have a bigger gaming table. And all of this sounds like, hey, you have so many places to play games. Why are we even talking about this? But I realized I have so many places to play games, but I play so few games right now that I need to figure out what's <laughs> going on, which is why we're having this topic. Fletcher, why don't you play games? Um, well, because my fiance isn't a huge gamer to begin with, number one. Number two, we don't just have that many games or that much space for games. It's usually like a big production. Like, oh, we want to play this game. Okay, well, let's clear off the dining room table slash craft table slash computer table slash, you know, (laughs) one of the only horizontal surfaces in our house. Clear that off. Put the game there. While the game's going, we don't have any room for anything else. So if we want to then eat dinner and not destroy the game or, you know, we have to pack everything up and so that table can change its function and duty. So it's usually more of a production than anything else. What about you, Kitty? I get the feeling that you probably play games more than we do, but I don't know. <laughs> um, I go through phases a bit where we play games. So whenever we get a new game, that one usually makes it to the table for a little while. Uh, I play games with my mom and my brother, so I use their space rather than my space. And then uh, I will also play games with Spencer, but I play much shorter, uh, easier to assemble, disassemble, and play within the time between our kids going to bed and when we go to bed, which is like this two-hour window in which we can do anything that needs to get done. So, So at least once a week, I'd say I get games to the table either me and spencer at bedtime or with my mom and my brother on the weekends at their house i'm gonna say you win because (laughs) 
I get so I get new games arriving from Kickstarter and I open them up and these days right now I'm just I open up the base box so again so I'm not overwhelmed by it. I'll play like the tutorial or the intro or something like that solo and then I'll leave it on the table for a week or two before I'm like all right, I need to pack this up because let's move on and the next game has arrived because Kickstarter is a constant random flow of games. <laughs> The next game has arrived. And the next game has arrived. So I was like, all right. So now I have this pile of games that I'm like, I do want to play these. And like, they're enjoyable experiences. And, you know, what I've played of them, I'm like, I don't dislike this at all. I want to get back to it. So I started thinking about is gaming, and this is going to sound terrible, but I'm just going to start with the terrible. Is gaming still a priority in my life or is having two kids trying to, you know, basically remodel a house, working full time, you know, two different podcasts and stuff. Do I like the idea of gaming more than do actually do I prioritize the idea of gaming and talking about gaming more than actually playing games? And in actuality, that's a yes, but I don't think that that is actually where I want to be. I think I actually want to be playing games, which takes us back to the end of our intro, which is can I blame the pandemic? Because my gaming partner is Sydney. And we have very specific mm-hmm. games that we like to play together. And that's not every game on my shelf. It's most most of the games on my shelf are not those games. So if we invite people over to play games, we'll pull out just about anything and play. So question to you guys, would you play more games if you and, and this is why Kitty, I think you play the most games, is because you actually have a larger gaming circle. So you have your sister and your parents that <laughs> are all in your circle that you can invite over and if you're like set up a game day. Yes and no. I have I think, you know, a larger family. Like my I have two sisters and a brother, uh, and my parents, and we're all in the same bubble. So yeah, I have them, but they, I guess that's kind of the same as with Sydney, where we play kind of specific games. Like, I don't get to play all the games I want to play, but I do have a wider quarantine bubble than either of you guys. So, in that respect, yes, I think. I lost the and Fletcher, I question, know, but I think I answered no, it I, in there. No, you answered it. And Fletcher, <laughs> I think yeah. for you, it's 100%. If you had gaming friends that you could meet up with in person you'd be playing more games yeah i mean that's what i was doing before the pandemic i was playing uh yeah a little bit of kingdom death monster and and more gloomhaven and you know some other stuff with friends but uh i can't do that anymore so i'm not so so (laughs) maybe and and i really do feel like that's part of the bigger reason like kitty when's the last time actually I think I remember the last time we played a game together and it was what all three of us were playing. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was Wingspan at your house about nine months ago. Maybe a year ago. Uh, gotta I be more than a year was, ago. We played Wingspan and we also played some Keyforge. And that was the day you beat me so bad at Keyforge and I was a really bad sport about it. Yes. So yeah? you gave up okay. Keyforge <laughs> for the pandemic and Wingspan... Before the pandemic was the last time that all three of us were in the same place playing games. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Now, I have seen... Um, actually, Fletcher, I don't think I've seen you in person since the pandemic started, have I? No, you have not. And Kitty, I've seen you, I don't know, 
five times maybe, maybe total three times <laughs> yeah i was gonna say and, three between three and five times sounds correct yeah and and we had the intentions like oh we could play a game but the problem is we have four kids kids <laughs> and four kids under the age of four yeah and there's no way to work that out unless we drop the kids off someplace and then say okay we're gonna meet up and play games but we since we see each other so rarely when we meet up it's just like catch up time it's it's not it's catch up time and i also think in in some ways too by the time we like drop off our kids we're like so exhausted with all the logistics of like getting our kids taken care of and traveling from one place to the other it's like oh i just want to sit here and relax and be an adult yeah. without something to do <laughs> Let's order barbecue and drink beer. That sounds so much better than yeah. like putting yes. something on a table. We have to be mentally taxed about it. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is not an imagined problem. This is an actual problem. And I do think it's the pandemic to blame. Um, partly kids to blame. Yeah. Because I do think some of my, my thing with kids, too, is like, I feel like I get decision fatigue. Like I have to make so many choices throughout the day while I'm dealing with my kids and my life that by the end of the day playing a game in which i have to just make decisions for another two hours it's like no this is no longer relaxing (laughs) yep i'm i'm in the same from decision making yeah i'm in the same boat with the because for those who don't have kids this is how it goes it's it's very um here's here's how life is to non-parents from a parent Especially for young kids. (laughs) Kitty's life is a little bit different because she's full-time mom, like full-time taking care of them. But But my kids go to daycare, so I'm part-time dad. They come home from daycare, um, usually between five and six. We do dinner. We hang out for an hour or so. Uh, It's constantly chasing them around. Actually, not chasing them around. In my case, it's Zachary pulling me to where he wants me to go. Sit, daddy, here. Come, daddy. Come on, daddy. Playroom daddy. Those are basically what I hear for an hour. Then it's bath time. And bath time takes about an hour. And Sydney does bath time. So I get to prep for podcasts or, you know, basically, I usually put down Becca while she's putting down Zachary. But Becca's a lot easier. She's a baby. I put her down and give her a bottle. She falls asleep. And then 8.30 rolls around. 8, 8.30 or so. And they're both in bed. And then we just sit on the couch and mindlessly look at each other. And like, do you want to do anything? No. Do you want to do anything? No. Just want to stare at our computers and put Star Trek on in the background? Yes. Okay. And that's how the night ends. How about you, Kitty? Yeah. Yeah, that, that basically <laughs> basically sums up my experience. Um, I'm so tired I can't say basically. <laughs> Except that, you know, that happens for me literally all day. The, like, come here, do this. And during those times, I'm also doing laundry and doing dishes and making food and making more food and making yet another meal. And the, they just keep happening. And toddlers eat constantly, like all of the time, except they're like gremlins. Why do I have, have to, to eat cut so them much? off from water at a certain point or they'll wet the bed and then the parenting extends far into the night. And it's just, yeah. And, and that's it. That's my time. And then, yes, the staring blankly into space. Do you want to do anything? No. (laughs) (laughs) That is a perfect description. (laughs) So, Fletcher, how is your life after eight o'clock? Kids are awesome, and you should have some. (laughs) No, and and I agree with Kitty. There is nothing. So, you know, we're talking about kind of like prioritizing gaming with life. 
I adore my children. I really do. Every day mm-hmm. there's something that they do that just like will <laughs> melt you in so many different ways. It doesn't mean it's not a lot of work and exhausting. It is one of the most rewarding things you can do, but it is a lot of work and exhausting. So Fletcher, when are you having kids? <laughs> uh, not for a while. <laughs> I have a dog and that's enough for me right now. That's fair. Wait till so you what are your evenings look like surfaces. though? So, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so carmen yeah, carmen doesn't more. actually work a normal nine to five right she works nursing hours no she works three twelves she's a nurse um so she works three twelves three twelves a week usually at night uh her schedule is usually like 7 p.m to 7 a.m weeks um and and what that usually looks like is on the days that she's working um she'll get up at a normal time like you know, nine or so, um, and then do stuff. And then around maybe like one o'clock to two o'clock, she'll go back to bed and nap until probably about, um, probably about like five thirty or so. She'll sleep till five thirty. get up, get ready and go to work and work all night. Then she'll come back. She usually gets back at around seven thirty to eight o'clock in the morning uh, and then she gets into bed and then she sleeps until about noon or one o'clock and then she'll get up. So you wake up when she gets home and you're working a normal nine to five. I work normal nine to five. And so when your day ends, she's like, okay, bye. Pretty much. Yeah. My day ends. Uh, she'll get up and then, you know, we'll have like a quick dinner together and then she'll leave. And then I'm by myself. And so the crazy thing is like, even though I'm at home all the time, uh, if she works like three back-to-back shifts, we barely see each other. Yeah. And when you We're do like see each other, night. you're not pulling out a board game or anything like no. that. No, we're not. <laughs> but it sounds... See, and this is the thing that sucks about... Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that suck about this pandemic. But, like, in general, it's it's not great to, li- like, have an opposite schedule of the person you live with, right? Because you you're see them so rarely. But if you were to able to take advantage of this... like. You'd be like, okay, Carmen's working Tuesday and Wednesday night, so I'm free after 6 o'clock because she's going to work because she has to be there at 7. So, you know, if we want to get together in game, we could do that, right? But because we're all – I mean, right, we blame it on being spread out. But honestly, it's more or less – it's just, yes, we're spread out and it's just not convenient, safe, ideal – in this current environment to be, you know, traveling and going to friends' houses from like distances away. And it's not, I mean, it's not that I'm overly paranoid for myself. It's that I also see Sydney's parents and like Kitty mm-hmm. and Spencer, you guys see your parents and, and that's a, an issue. And it's like, it's not worth the risk of putting them at risk. Now, that's going to change over the next couple months. Um, I think your parents have just recently been vaccinated the first time. Sydney's parents were just vaccinated for the first time. So it's going to become less of an issue over the next couple of months. But right now, it's been a major concern. And we've actually put a lot of things on hold. It's like, okay, you know, we're hunkering down for the next couple of weeks because we're going to go to so-and-so's for the holidays. And we just need to make sure that everyone's, you know, quarantined before we meet up with, you know, extended family. Because that's how we are making this as safe as possible for us. All right. So we've discovered that the pandemic sucks. Took us a year. (laughs) We figured it out again. Well, I I don't. I I would say that, I mean, 
the D&D sessions that we're doing right now, at least for me, are probably like some of the most regular gaming sessions that I've had in a long time, even like yeah. pre-pandemic. Yeah. And at least for like us, like us three, I think meeting up was a big sticking point because it's already hard enough for like any two of us to meet up. But having all three of us meet up, especially you guys with children and now me with a dog, like I don't necessarily need it doesn't need to be supervised. But I do I do have to arrange someone to like come by and let the dog out if I'm going to be gone for more than like six hours. Yep. Because you're basically a single parent with, you know, your significant other off (laughs) working all night long. Yeah. Which honestly for a dog less than a year, Um, it's, it's pretty it's pretty bad. I'm not a single yeah, parent. I'm not. First... I'm not there. Like, I no one needs to like. No one needs to watch the dog, but <laughs> the dog does have to. You know, yeah. eliminate outside. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. I mean, it has been nice. I do think that you know the pandemic did give us the ability to explore the kind of online space and figure out how we can game in that way. And we went from gaming together maybe once a month, meeting up in person, to gaming weekly, but only playing D&D. We used to kind of rotate either playing D&D or playing board games, doing something different. Every time we got together, we would play different stuff. And now it's really just D&D. And, and so in some ways, we have gamed more but in other ways, we've we've lost stuff. Yeah. So I think, and even things like we didn't deprioritize game gaming. We just maybe switched our priorities a little. Yeah, I mean, even something like Board Game Arena, which has great games on it now, and they're getting more and more all the time. Especially now that they bought, I think Asmodee just bought them. It's it's still different. Like you know, I met up with one of our gaming groups, actually a very distributed gaming group, and we played the crew for like three and a half hours straight. And then a couple of days later, we got together and played it again, you know, more. And then, but eventually that faded away as things do, as like life gets busy and whatnot. Now, the the nice thing about it though, is unrelated to this, because this is not me starting it. Um, the, one of the other people in that group's like, Hey, we haven't played games for a while let's get together and play some games so we're going to meet up on wednesday night and probably pick up where we left off on the crew because why not but it's it just feels different again this is not news to anyone who's done it but it feels different having a physical game on a table in front of you with a group of people around where you're able to enjoy the experience together in one spot and argue about whether or not you can eat Cheetos and, and handle my cards that are not sleeved yet. Like that's not an <laughs> issue anymore. I, I get topics yeah, like, well, what kind of food do you allow at the gaming table? I'm like, ever again. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you don't need to worry about food at the gaming table. What gaming table? Nobody's here. Now I have played Twilight Imperium three times during the pandemic, but again, that was a very, very much like, like, okay, you and you are allowed to come over and you're coming over for this long and we're prepping it, you know, three weeks advance notice so that, you know, none of us do silly things. And, and those were fun days. But also that was before Becca, I think. Since then, yeah, I don't know that we, well, I think we played maybe, uh, she was just young enough where it didn't really matter. She just slept and ate. So it was easy. <laughs> but once they start getting more mobile, it's so, so much harder. Oh, no. This one, she just turned six months a couple days ago, and she's not rolling over yet. 
she could. She gets to her side and then just says, wait a minute, why am I doing this? I don't want to be on my stomach. So then she just stops. And I'm like, I don't care. I, you can be two and not roll over. If, you don't, if you're not moving, it's 100% fine with me, uh, which is not entirely true. She's two and not rolling over. There is a problem there. But right now, I'm just like, <laughs> take your time, kid. You be you. You like staring at the ceiling? I'm happy with that. Yeah, or my kid's almost nine months old and already trying to walk. I'm not yeah. quite to the point where I push her over, but like I think about it sometimes. <laughs> no, just don't. Life is so much easier when you don't walk, but she can crawl anywhere she wants to go and pull herself on any furniture she wants to. So, you know, eh. Yeah. Yay. No, she'll <laughs> Becca will be there soon and then I have to like regate the entire house. All right. So yeah. just let's when you talk get used about to it not being that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's hard, especially for this well, for the second. We're stopping at two. I don't know what you guys are doing, but we're definitely stopping at two. And the first one I have so many expectations for, like everything he does new. The second one I'm just like, eh, when you get around to it, that's fine. The the newness of it is already <laughs> worn it. off. Yep, seen it, done that, whatever. Old news. So, yeah, Zachary's singing his alphabet now, and I'm like, that's really cool. That's it's like cute and adorable. And I'm like, if I opened a book in front of Becca, I don't remember the last time. I'm like, I think they're doing that at daycare. But I'm, <laughs> it it's tricky with I, like I completely understand first kid, second kid, like oldest, youngest syndromes and how these things just sort of happen accidentally. Because it's, it's not on purpose. It's just you're juggling multiple things. And all right. So let's talk about games versus games. So if you have, because <laughs> we talked about D&D and we prioritize D&D above playing a board game on uh, Board Game Arena because we don't, like, it's just easier to do D&D, like in small snippets. We don't have to start up a game, play a full game and or anything. We just can start and stop when we want to. So for us, we're meeting up basically three Fridays a month. Um, usually there's something that comes up once a month that we cancel on a Friday. And we're playing D&D. Why are we prioritizing D&D? And I, I know we've talked about it a little bit, but if I was to say, hey, I'm not ready to run a D&D game, but let's jump on and play this board game arena game, I, I guess that would be all right? Like, Thoughts? We did. We did do. Didn't we do Jackbox one time? Right, and yeah, that's we the did thing. Some Jackbox let's, games. Yeah, and let's not even get. Because you're like, well, oh, I haven't prepared, but we could play Jackbox, and then we yeah. just all jumped on and played Jackbox for two hours. So why did we do Jackbox or um, uh, Among Us, which are both like online party games versus an online board game? Like we we actively chose not to play a board game, even though they're available online. And instead played these other more video party games. Why did we do that? It's easier, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't know why we did those party games. I mean, party games are obviously easier and the rules are usually pretty simple. In terms of like uh, the other online board games, there's a bit of a learning curve if you don't already know how to play the game and if you just want to do something simple and turn your brain off that might not be what you want and i mean other than that like otherwise everybody needs to own a copy of the game and i don't know how that setup would work yeah i mean in some way it has to be a digital version in order to make it worthwhile now at the beginning of the pandemic i actually did quite a bit of webcam gaming like we played cthulhu death may die 
over webcam and zombicide over webcam almost every week for like a couple months in a row where I would set it up and I had multiple cameras and, you know, cameras on different player boards and cameras on the main board. And we did the whole thing at that time. It stopped being, it stopped being novel at some point. At some point it was like, okay, we were doing this because we're all locked down. Probably also a lot of work too. It is a lot. It was, it was a lot of work. And at the beginning of the pandemic, it was kind of, I don't want to say fun, but it was definitely more fun to do like the Zoom gatherings and look what we can do over Zoom and Zoom happy hours and all of these things. Those went away relatively soon because we're like, okay, yeah, we can do these, but now I'm sort of bored of what these can provide. And we stopped doing that. Yeah, I had a couple of Zoom dinners with friends a few times and then... We just stopped doing it. It's kind of like, yeah, it's still kind of a pain in the butt and you have to coordinate. And the thing about Zoom is like, or really any video chat service, it's you can't, it's hard to talk over each other and any bit of lag makes it difficult. And, you know, we experience this every week when we try to podcast together like this, uh, <laughs> but we're a little bit more used to it, but it's hard, especially if you have multiple people on like the same, com- this the exact same conference. Yep. Trying to sync up is, is difficult. Yeah, we went to a Zoom three-year-old birthday party, and there were, I don't know, something like 15 cameras going, and it was absolutely pointless to ever go off mute. Like, it just, it's it's too hard to do that. And now, apparently in Zoom, and I did not realize this until, um, actually, I was we were playing uh kind of a werewolf-like game on Zoom a few weeks ago, but you can set up different, like, breakout rooms. So we could go into our own room and have our own little mini Zoom session inside of the main Zoom session. The problem with that is, is you're still just in your own little breakout session at that point, And you're not with the rest of the group, which makes sense. Because if you went to a large party, that's exactly what you would end up doing, right? Is like, yeah, you go to smaller all, rooms, go out into your smaller rooms. It just feels different in Zoom somehow. And I think that a lot of people just aren't used to doing that more than anything else is it just doesn't I, I don't know but okay back to my original question though when we are able to game together again what type of games do we think or want to play over other kinds of games like we're not getting together if, if Spencer's involved we might get together and play spades because <laughs> for Spencer it's that's true. his game that's what he wants to do but I don't imagine, like, if the three of us were ever getting together, I don't imagine that we're going to be like, oh, let's go play Texas Hold'em, right? We're obviously not prioritizing yeah. that as a game. But we might play Wingspan, but maybe we play Jaws of the Lion because Fletcher likes Gloomhaven. I really want to get Kitty to actually be able to play a game of Gloomhaven, like, you know, several scenarios in a row, see how the campaign develops. And I want to play Jaws of the Lion. I haven't touched it yet. And I think that that would be a great one to get into, but it is a commitment. So, Kitty, I'll direct this at you. Where are you in, like, imagine now we can sit together at a table. Which games do you want to prioritize over others? I don't want to play Jaws of the Lion. (laughs) (laughs) That's just because you're wrong. I get this thing sometimes where when everyone tells me how amazing something is, it makes me want to do it less. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's a natural. And I understand instinct. that that's a flaw about myself. 
Yes, definitely. Very much so. (laughs) You know, and it's served me well in some ways, but I'm sure I've missed out on a lot of really great things. Um, But but yeah, I don't know. I feel like I missed the boat. I'm done. I don't want to jump in. I don't know. Um, I want to get some of these games that I backed on Kickstarter that Spencer isn't interested in and my mom isn't interested in and have just been sitting there kind of collecting dust that I really want to play out to the table. And I put together, like, it felt like 800 little cardboard, like, gazebos and garden walls and everything for my Flourish game. And it's just been sitting there. And I... I that's like the number one game right now I want to play, but it's just because it replaced like the latest one in a pile. I've got like a pile of like six games that have showed up that Spencer doesn't want to play, my mom doesn't want to play, and they're just sitting there, and I don't want to play them solo. So, so that's what I want to get to the table. All right, Fletcher, what about you? What do you want to get to the table? D and D. Not counting D and D. We'll continue D and D. Actually, someone asked in the chat like after the pandemic, do they? Do we think that we'll continue playing D&D? I would say yes. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I know Spencer's not crazy about the weekly two-hour things. I actually like that. But I do also like longer sessions in person as well. So I'm I'm fine either way. Um, But I think... Spencer's probably just falling asleep during those weekly two-hour sessions. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And and maybe we move it so it's not because we've been doing them Friday nights at 830 because it's after the kids go to sleep and stuff. But Friday's also a work day. So you've worked all day long and stuff. It might make more sense to do that like on a Saturday or even a Sunday night, honestly. Um, but that said, we will continue playing D&D. And I think what I'll do is... Playing online is so convenient because we don't have that travel time, the commute time. So if I were to commute, say Mm -hmm. that we played and we just rotated houses, it's a two-hour commute for anyone who doesn't live at that destination. That two hours, we could spend actually playing the game and then have a four-hour session as opposed to a two-hour commute and a two-hour session. But what I think I'll do there is it's like, okay, every couple months on a Saturday, we'll go someplace to you know, one of our houses and play for like a six hour session. And it'd be like a set piece session where it's like a, you know, climactic conclusion to some something or other. So D and D aside, Fletcher re-asking the question games (laughs) that you want to see hit the table, (laughs) things that we've talked about that you haven't got a chance to play or things that you have been playing that you want to play. And it doesn't have to be with us. It's like, you know, I really want to start playing Gloomhaven with George again. Yeah, so like Gloomhaven is one of those games I want to start playing that again. Um, I, I liked your idea about Jaws of the Lion. I think that's fun. Uh, even just like you know Blood Rage. Uh, yeah, you know I like to play. I like to play that again. That w- that was a fun game. I think I only played it like a couple of times with you. Um, I want to play. Uh, just forgot the name of it. Uh, what's the big long game? Space the four Twilight Imperium. Yes, Twilight Imperium. That sounds like a ton of fun. I want to play that. I need to clear a weekend, but I think it can be done. Um, I just want to, you know, just play new games. Sounds fun. Really anything. Anything new. Yeah. I mean, I'm in, I think I'm in the same, like, pretty much all the things you just mentioned, like, yes, I would play all of those. And then for me, I have a number of games that I don't know that I want to play with anyone. 
And <laughs> it, it sounds what? weird, right? I, I know it sounds weird. These are games I, I want to play, but not with people. Exactly. And so those are Tainted Grail, um, Bloodborne, mm-hmm. and um, oh, the one that's Plundike. Oh, uh, Solomon Kane. These are co op games, co op story based games. And while I like these games, and I think that a shared experience is more interesting than a solo experience, especially when you're talking about story games, the risk of playing with somebody and then not being able to play until you can get back together is high enough where I'm like, "Eh, if I'm going to get together with you guys and play a particular game, I think I want to play standalone games. I would rather play something like Blood Rage or Wingspan or... Um, I mean, even TI4, because it is a contained experience. And if it takes us another few weeks before we get back together again, I don't feel like we're losing yeah. the thread of the story. Yeah, because we had Betrayal Legacy we've been playing for a while. And then at the start of the pandemic, it just, we can't. There's no way we yeah. can make this work. And I... I wonder now, because neither of us mentioned it in our games we want to get to the table. It's like, did we just miss the window on finishing that? Like, are we are we done with this? Yeah, the thread know. the thread left, right? It's like, we yeah. could start picking it up and pick it up from where we were at. It, I mean, those games are relatively standalone as you're playing it, but you lose that attachment to what had happened before. And like Pandemic Legacy Season 2 there's no chance that we're ever going back and finishing that game. <laughs> right? It's it's true. It just stopped. And so those we those can't types blame of that games one on the pandemic though. <laughs> no, we can't. That one is actually literally just blamed on the fact that we all moved to different places. But those are those are a situation where I don't although I want to play these games, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have I have all right. I have three designated gaming tables in my house now, and a fourth that is usually a gaming table. Can so I have one table? It's yeah, and you have one table for everything, and that's not even counting where we eat. But um, so we have in the new office we have a uh basically a three by three table, so an IKEA kitchen table that is for Sydney and I to set up a two player game that's just always there. And I think what I'm going to do is is set up an Arkham Horror campaign there so that we can just be like, all right, it's all set up. Kids are asleep. Let's just go play the next scenario because it's ready to go. And one of the gaming tables I'm going to have set up where it's like, this is my solo game. This is the game I'm playing through solo right now. I can go in there when Sydney's doing her Keyforge tournaments. By the way, Sydney's in multiple Keyforge leagues. And she's now like a regular on Help from Future Self podcast. She's like a big deal in the Keyforge community. So kudos there. <laughs> um, but while wow. she's doing that kind of stuff, I can go and be like, all right, I'm just going to disappear and do my little solo game experience over here. And then the big gaming table, that will be for things like Twilight Imperium or War of the Rings or like just big stuff. And this is not a solution for everyone. This shouldn't even be a solution for me. I have literally just prioritized. <laughs> yeah, the vast majority of the space of my house, I prioritize to being like, this is board game friendly. And it's 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 a sickness. Um, this is how much I, again, I, I, I question, do I prioritize the idea of gaming over gaming? And I don't want to do that. I don't want to reopening, reopen. 
I don't want to reopen, reopen old wounds, but my brain is dead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I do think there's like the first like six months to a year of your kid's life. You just don't have as much time for other stuff. And then no. they start getting older. They sleep better. They're more independent. You can put them in a high chair with yogurt puffs and do something. And, you know, you'll get through that and you'll feel more like you can you know, solo game and that kind of stuff again. Because I do think you just get burnt out on, like, thinking. <laughs> yeah. So if I've been quiet tonight, it's because I'm burnt out on thinking. So, Well, eh. actually, <laughs> so there's one thing I've been doing lately that I never thought I would do. And that is watching people play games on YouTube. Like, <laughs> for the longest time... I'm like, why would I watch someone play That's this game? I could really just play know it you're myself. Out on thinking. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I have been watching. I've been watching solo playthroughs of games. Just one guy <laughs> playing a game by himself, and I'm like, huh. It's this entertaining, is nice. just like anything else. It's it like, is. why would I want to watch people play basketball or football when you can play it yourself? And it's like, well, because it's entertaining to watch people do things. I am. I am. Especially finding- if they're doing it well. No, you are 100% right. I watch right. a lot dumber stuff on YouTube, so yeah. <laughs> no judgment here. Yeah. yeah. It starts out with me just like, okay, I'm going to watch this so I can get a feel for how the game plays, and then I'll read the rules, and I can play it myself. And then I just I get into it. I'm like, this is good. Um, I think it's One Stop Co-op Shop. They do some really great solo playthroughs of these games, and they're well edited. They cut out all the, you know, mumbling to yourself, thinky bits. It's a very nice, concise like watch and i'm like this is this is just good it's compelling i want to watch this it makes and perfect sense i mean twitch is a thing people stream yeah playing video games yeah it's like why why watch someone play a video game when you could just play it yourself i just thought um, i was above it all but i'm not i'm not above it all i want some mindless just feed the game into my brain so i don't have to do the work you just do all the work for me yeah i listen to probably like two to six hours depending on the week of other people playing role-playing games so yeah well christopher just noted he's like there's no setup time no cleanup time you can stop it at any time and resume when it's convenient a hundred percent correct and you're and especially when you're watching like a solo or co-op version of it because i'm just like you're basically in the seat of the player you're not making the decisions but again you don't want to make the decisions you just want to experience the decisions you also get and, to and feel I, superior when somebody makes a decision that you wouldn't have made. And you're like, oh, well, mine would have worked out so much better. And, you know, you also get to learn from somebody making different decisions from you, too. And, like, you get to be like, ha, 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 if I'm in this situation, next time I know how it'll all work out. And you can gain the expertise of someone who's going ahead of you to pull out when we can actually play in person again. Yeah, well, and, and what I was watching, so the one I'm watching right now is uh, Solomon Kane, And I talked about this last week, about how it's set up in stories and chapters and all of this. This game looks so good, but I can't tell because I'm w- just watching it being played right now. But the like the idea of how it works, and there's these story chapters, and then there's these tactical chapters. And sometimes the game is literally, you're just on a page in the book and you're trying to put little light tokens on a path of light. That's all it is. I mean, you're taking actions. There's some card play, dice rolling and stuff involved. And then sometimes it's like, okay, build out the map and here's the miniatures and you're trying to manipulate what's going on there. 
but it's really a choose your own adventure with like this mechanical dice rolling card play system involved. And each chapter, and because I, when I was looking at it, I'm like, oh, this is, you know, this particular story has 10 chapters and it plays in two to four hours. And I'm like, that just doesn't seem 10 chapters in two to four hours. That's not a lot of time per chapter, but it, it keeps you going at a pretty decent clip. And the story is in the book, but where you go depends on the results of how well you dice roll card play or tactical, whatever the, the situation is. And I want to play this game, but I just haven't had a chance to do it, which is why I've been watching it on YouTube. And I've watched like halfway through the very, the first chapter. Like I've watched like two hours of this first, well, not the first chapter, the first um, adventure. And I'm like, I'm just going to keep watching this whole thing. I'll play it again myself, but I'm just going to keep watching this whole thing because now I'm invested and I, and I have to see where it goes. I have to see, does he win? I don't know. Could win. He's doing pretty good. So, and then I can compare myself and then do I do the same things? Maybe I try to go a little bit darker on this here. Let's see what happens. I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. I sort of regret not going all in where last week I didn't regret not going all in this week. I might regret it, but I still got like seven or 11 different storybooks and many, many hours. I'll be fine. Um, and it's awakened realm. So they're going to do another expansion because that's all they do is reprint stuff. They've already done. But anyway, um, yeah, that's what I want to play. I want to play games that, no one else can play with me. I also want to play Rising Sun again and Blood Rage and so many other games. <sighs> All right, next week we're drawing I two names for the contest. I haven't heard anyone say they'll play Flourish with me. So um, I will play I Flourish I'm just with have you. To wait on that one. <laughs> I will. So this is the deal. When I don't know we what that get, is. Yeah, I don't know what it is either. I, I kind of remember what it is. It's a Kickstarter. When we are in in person again, each of us will bring a game. And we'll play each one of those games. And if a game is short, because I don't think Flourish is a very long game. No. But if I a game is, a is shorter. 45 minutes. Yeah. It's like, I'll play a half hour, 45 minute game anytime, anywhere, any place. I'm more than happy to do that. I'll play it in a box. I'll play it with a fox. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely do that. Um, but yeah, I just, I want to play more games. And I want to want to play more games. And that second one is more important than the first one, I think. You know, I also think... The artwork right for this game looks pretty good. I, I'm very excited about it. It's garden-themed. I love a garden theme. But I also <laughs> think, Chris, you had been so into Keyforge pre-pandemic. And then you really did True. not enjoy the online play version of Keyforge. It's such a in-person thing that, like, you had dropped a bunch of this stuff even before then. For Keyforge, and now you're like, now that you have the Keyforge void in your life, you're like, I need to refill it. Yeah, yeah, so... I mean, we don't have to make this a topic in the future. I don't know, maybe <laughs> you can just give a brief overview. Like, what is the problem with the online Keyforge thing in your mind? Um, More than... I mean, we sort of talked about this in the Magic Arena episode a few right. weeks back, but you mostly... You just kind of said you didn't like it. Like, it paled in comparison to what Magic... Had yeah. done, but you didn't mostly say, like, for me, it has to do with the interface, um, and that it's not officially supported. So the interface itself is—it's not terrible. It's just kind of clunky. I, I mean, it was 
built by the community and built for free and mostly built by one person, um, which is incredibly commendable. The fact that FFG hasn't shut them down is great, which I don't think they ever would until they have their own thing because it's what's keeping the game alive right now. Um, they do a lot of great things with it. It's just, it doesn't have the pizzazz I want if I'm going to sit down and play an online game. The game I have been playing online is Legends of Runeterra, and that I play probably an hour a day at least um, because I do like that interface. I do like the the card sets and you know how that all plays out. Um, but it is a full on deck building game. But I neck deck that completely. I'm like, oh, here's a cool deck. I'm going to download it and just use that deck and play games with it. I don't bother building decks. I'm not competitive with it. I don't want to be competitive with it. And I think the other thing with Keyforge is the competitive part of Keyforge has lost its appeal with me. I love the game. I love playing it. But when you get to the higher levels of competition, it the game has shown to me it is way more pay to play than I would like it to be. Now mm-hmm. I would I'm happy with like a sealed tournament. Like in in-person sealed tournaments were my favorite thing to do. But when you're bringing your own deck, those types of tournaments are not appealing to me because my best decks are not fun to play against and while they're fun to play, it's not fun to say this deck, the whole point of this deck is that you don't get to do anything you want and that's how I win mm-hmm. the game. And I I don't I just I like a more casual environment. Anything I get to though where I get too competitive with it, I have to step back from it. Because I'm I'm not you it's a card game. Like all competitions, there's yeah. variance in there. So you can't be the best at it. Only one person, I was talking to Sydney about this. If you have a tournament where 128 people join, 127 people are gonna leave disappointed. And it's just a not <laughs> the kind of environment that I like to have because I feel bad. I feel bad when I win and I feel bad when I lose. And so no matter what, it's just like, I feel bad being in a competitive situation. So I've kind of pulled back from, from it for that reason. That was a long winded way of saying, I still like Keyforge quite a bit. I just don't like the competitive scene. So that's, that's where I've kind of backed up from, but yeah, I'm, I'm other games though. I still want to play. I want to get together in person. I want to do, in-person stuff i want to play games i want to paint miniatures i want to have a reason to paint miniatures i my desk right now so i I have my work desk which is where i'm sitting at right now and if i pivot sideways i have my painting desk and i haven't painted anything almost this entire pandemic because the reason i paint is to make the game look cool for people who come over and play with me and no one's coming over to play so what's the point of painting (laughs) if nobody can see it right so it's like that's you have your the kind gaming of dungeon, but no one to game with. Exactly, no one to lock in there. So, um, all right, but let's let's segue to a question that we got. Um, I, I thought this kind of fit in with this topic, and so CJ sent us an email. He says, "I'm new to the board gaming role playing game world. As such, I don't know anyone else that plays or that I can play with." But in the meantime, I have been reading and attempting to research solo role-playing games. Do you already have a podcast episode that talks about these? Not really. Um, like our co-op episode and our solo episodes probably have some things to do with this. But like when you're talking specifically solo role-playing games, not quite. 
Um, but he said he wants something that's super introductory. So I think we can just answer this here. He says he's come across a few games like Iron Sworn, which I'm not aware of, but he says the the rulebook looks way too big to jump into. Um, and then he's seen some a level of role playing games that require a lot of writing and journaling, which he's somewhat interested in, but it's still too much. So the question is, are there any solo role playing games for a total first timer timer that you would recommend? Now, um, Fletcher. Yeah. Do you have do you know any solo role playing games that you would recommend? I mean, not technically no, but like any co-op role playing game you can solo. So th- without having played it, like you can just say like you know, Jaws of the Lion, like look at that. I don't think that is too difficult. No. Uh and, and you and can that's just, actually where my and you could solo it. Yeah. My mindset was there too. What about you, Kitty? Like, you're relatively new to the role playing scene in general, and I, I will recommend on your behalf if you want to get into role playing games, just listen to Actual Play Podcast. Kitty has a few recommendations she can give you. It's true. Actual Play Podcasts are a great way to get the feel of playing a role playing game without actually having to do any of the work at all. Um, have you ever seen this meme of the kids sitting in front of the Dairy Queen sign? <laughs> Where it's like three girls in a Dairy Queen sign eating ice cream, and then there's like another kid in real life sitting in front of the picture pretending like he's eating ice cream with them, and it, that's what it feels like to listen to a podcast. <laughs> like, okay. That is all what right. I feel like all the time. But it's great. It's fun. Um, and then I just recently backed um, on Kickstarter the Alba Open World Adventure book. And I have no idea if it's any good or if it's, you know, going to be fun at all. But it looked really cool. And um, I don't know if they're doing um, after the fact. Like late pledges. Pledges you can. Yeah, I don't know if they're doing late pledges. I don't know if they're going to have the ability that you can buy it without being part of the Kickstarter. But uh, check it out if you can. Um, it was it was a cool looking thing. And it's more of a novel. But it's supposed to be really the decisions you make matter and replayable and stuff. So yeah. Um, under falling skies was suggested in chat. I've not played it, but Google it. I will echo that out there. Um, and then the BGG one player guild, apparently this question comes up a lot there with answers too, but I would recommend a few things. Um, first, what Fletcher said, Jaws is a lion. This is not a role playing game in the traditional sense of here's your role-playing book but it's you know fifty dollars at target and you probably get it cheaper and this will give you it's a role-playing game in a box and it's it's probably the best one out there if you're looking for something more story driven um legacy of dragon holt is from fantasy flight games and this is a a intense choose your own adventure style game, but it's like full on character sheet, character development type of thing. Um, any of the graphic novel adventures, I would recommend all of them. They're essentially graphic novel, choose your own adventure type of stuff. And then um, Arkham Horror, the card game. Honestly, this is the game. It's oftentimes, I would say more than half the people who play this game play it solo. And it is a role-playing game with eight scenario mini campaigns that you your character is your deck of cards. And as you're going through your deck of cards, you'll be able to spend experience to get stronger things. Um, it'll affect you, you know, depending on how you do, how well you do in the scenario, it'll do, it'll change your deck. So those would be where I would start. 
Um, but honestly, Jaws of the Lion. If like Gloomhaven seems intense, but Jaws of the Lion will take anyone from like absolute beginner to oh, I can play this game in the first five adventures. Like that's what it does, and that's where I would start. So and CJ, I think like it, if you do Jaws of the Lion, like technically if you wanted to make it more realistic, you'd have to make the game a little bit more difficult because you're not supposed to have like perfect communication between two players. But if you want to just jump into it and see what it's like, like go ahead, like, you know, don't make the game any, don't up the difficulty, just do it. Yeah. And uh, if you find that it's too easy and you're just breezing through the scenarios, then you up the difficulty later. Yeah. hundred percent. Don't worry about balancing the game when you first start. Play two because you'll have to play two characters as Gloomhaven has a minimum two two characters. But play those two characters and just have fun with it. Enjoy the story, and when you want it to be more difficult, make it more difficult. <coughs> All right, next week um, we're going to draw two winners for our contest again because I have too many games now that I can see them um, in my storage area. So if you want to enter and you have not yet emailed, if you've already emailed. Or you're a patron, you don't need to do anything, you're already entered. But if you're not entered and you want to enter, email us, um, contest2021 in the subject line, go to feedback at tabletopgametalk.com, and just say, hey, I want to be entered, and we will do a drawing next week. Full rules are in the show notes. Um, the big one is you may have to help with shipping, especially if you're outside the U.S. Um, on that note, Kitty, why don't you take us out? Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. If you'd like to follow us on social media, the links for Facebook and Twitter are in our show notes. Want to watch us record live? You can find a link for that in the show notes, too. Comments or questions? Email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. If you'd like to be one of these wonderful people, you can find out how by visiting our website, tabletopgametalk.com, and clicking the Support Us link. And there's a link in the show notes, too. Finally, a huge thank you to our current patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, The Gift of Games, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Jeremy Fisher, Terrence Miltner, Sean Peck, Christopher Dong, Jennifer Engelbrecht, Brian Arnold, Michael Yanikowski, David Sellers, David Radke, Jason Marks, Ann Reynolds, Christopher Letgo, Stephen Judd, Leanne Verhos, Joe Rackstad, Weatherman Keefe, Paul Raymer, Jimothy, Ben Gary, Matthew Droke, David Rank, Jerry Wong, C. Marie, Justin Willard, Jason Rondi, Cindy Loom, Eric Hoffman, Adrian Dong, Faz Flintham, Eric Salander, Glenn Cotter, John Williams, Sir Sully, Andrew Fayesh, Kamal Berth, Peter Fleming, Gary Bunker, Sahara Wentworth, Lightning Steve, Jim Conrad, Sean P. Kelly, Mike Smith, Caleb O'Brien, Don Gilstrap, Aaron Moore, Ron Nelson, Agnes Toth, Charles Pearson, Jesse Wheeler, and Ronald Roy. And thanks to everyone who's ever been a patron. Support means the world to us, past, present, and future. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. Alright, so I almost wiped you guys off the map in this week's D&D session. Um, Very close. Only because that trap was the worst. So the scenario was this. um, Floating lightning skull with a golem made of flesh on a giant room made of copper that was electrified. You guys pick it up from there. What happened? How'd you almost die? Well, Kitty realized the power of the magic missile wand 
and decided <laughs> to use it. So that that was a help. But that wasn't until the end because that up until then, you guys were, I think two of you were unconscious and one of you were like a hit point away from death. Yeah, to be I was fair, pretty close to death. my two fireballs did a lot more damage than the entire magic missile wand did. It just did the last bit of damage. That's true. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, we were like, oh, we'll just stand outside this room and try to fight these things. And Sydney's like, but what if I can do something really cool? We were like, oh, yeah, if you can do something really cool, that's awesome. And then she didn't. And she almost died, and we all had to charge in and rescue her, except me, who stood back magic missling. So, um, yeah. I, yeah, I you were. That about sums it up. I'm sorry, Sydney, that your cool thing didn't work. It sounded really cool. And if you enrolled <laughs> not garbage, it would have been so awesome. <laughs> the gnome wizard was standing outside the room, flinging in fireballs and magic missiles. Well, the turtle tried to ride her shield into the room, um, but sort of tripped like a teenage mutant ninja turtle like a teenage mutant ninja turtle would um and then the paladin charged in and wasn't having much luck either and then the rogue charges in and realizes oh wait my dagger doesn't work at all against these things uh yeah i was actually at some point i'm like okay you guys are all gonna die that's just basically like this is gonna be a total death match and even with your magic missile there was a point like if they all died i was like I should just run so this isn't a TPK. <laughs> I don't think these <laughs> things are going to follow me fast enough. <laughs> Is 75% death really a TPK? No. It's just a Not if I PK. survive. PPK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what you guys did not realize is the flesh golem would have never left the room. So it would have, like, the the skull and the golem were essentially like, nah, we're not going to leave this room. We're just hanging out in the room. And if you at any point had left, they would have just, like, said, nah, we're not going to follow you. As written. Huh. Yeah, which is why I would have made it. I never yep. stepped in the room. You, <laughs> you, you made fun totally of me because fired. I kept quietly backing away from these fights we start it's like huh kitty seems to be 30 feet behind everyone else that's weird hey it's well sydney does a thing where she like creeps up and she keeps like going ahead of me as the rogue you're like what's in this room what's over here <laughs> and then you're like roll for initiative and i was like oh crap and she's a curious turtle like, sorry i was just exploring i was i was curious <laughs> And there's a reason I why I go it. slowly. I sneak and I check. I check the door. I'm like, check for traps. Check for traps. What's a, what's beyond this corner? Check for traps. <laughs> well, my favorite part was after the huge electrified room. You guys are like exhausted. And you're like, can we just like cast a dome right here and rest? And you're like, <laughs> we're sure. just gonna lie down <laughs> on this electrified metal floor. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, we'll be fine. Just like everyone goes like, oh, pass out. Uh good times. Good times. All right. Well, that's enough for this week. Uh, Talk to everyone next week.